I want to, I want to start with, with a verse here just to open it. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. Philippians 1 verse 9 says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. So he says, my prayer that your love, see, he says, I want you to have more love and more love. I want you to be constantly growing in love, but he says, with knowledge and discernment. Uh, that discernment, the knowledge and discernment thing, kind of, you know, recently I've been, I've been thinking a lot because of, I've been thinking a lot of our media and the media culture we live in where, you know, <laughs> someone said the media is the fourth branch of government and it's the most powerful um, you know, we, in our governments, we have the three branches. There's, at least in the U.S. government, the, I'm not sure if the Canadian government is exactly the same, but there's the executive branch, which enforces the law. The president is the, the head of that branch. Then there's the legislative branch, which makes law. And then there's the judicial branch to kind of keep everyone else in balance. Well, we, in, our, in the culture we live in now, we have a fourth branch, which is the media. And we believe what they tell us. We do. We like to think that we are kind of don't, but if we're not intentional about inspecting everything, we will believe what they say. If you hear something often enough, you're probably going to believe it unless you're intentional about examining it and processing it. You know, Paul told the people of Berea, the city of Berea, the Bereans, he says they were very noble because when he preached them, they didn't say, oh, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. That's good stuff. They went back to the Word and checked it out and said, Okay, this is true. Like, what he's saying is really true. Um, so think of that knowledge and discernment. You know, in the last couple of weeks, I've been, especially with Facebook and social media, you know, there's a lot of people posting links, and it's, you know, think of just an example. Um, just a few weeks ago, the a new movie came out called Son of God, and some people were saying, oh, this is great, you know, or it's a Christian movie, and then... Uh, you know, this is a good thing. And then I see these, these links coming out, people posting links and saying, this is horrible, like this is a new age religion, like there's a lot of new age stuff stuck in here. It's not telling us the real Jesus. It's, it's the popular Jesus, the cool, the cool Jesus, the Jesus that is acceptable in our culture. So I'm thinking, okay, so is this good or not? And then the Noah movie just came out a couple of days ago. And, oh man, have you, if, you, if you ever get bored... Look up some Christian blogs on the new Noah movie. <laughs> it's pretty, um, you know, some people are saying, well, this is a good thing. You know, it's not accurate at all, but, you know, this is Hollywood. We expect them to doctor it up a little bit, and we can use this as a witnessing tool. You know, people are going to ask, you know, is this how it was? And we can use this as a, as a tool. And other people are saying, this is total trash. Like, the fallen angels are the ones who build the ark. We know the fallen angels are the demons. You know, they're sort of the good guys here. It says it promotes evolution. This is total trash. Um, and you know, some people are saying, all oh, capitalists, do not see this. It, it's total trash. The next person's saying, well, it's Hollywood. What do you expect? And you know, then there's you know, other social media stuff. Just right now, trending on Twitter is the hashtag Earth Hour. And what they're saying is, Turn off your lights, I think it was last night, for one hour. I forget the time, 7.30 to 8.30 or something. Turn off your lights for one hour and save the earth. Like, if you don't do this, we are all going to die. Um, if I leave my lights on, I'm going to die. If I turn my lights off, I think we're all still going to die. But um, Now, we are supposed to take care of the earth. God told us that. He says, this is my creation. He told Adam and Eve to take care of it. Um, but 
you know, there's these voices screaming. We have to, like, saving the earth is our number one priority. This trumps everything. We have to do this or we will all die. Um, I'm thinking, really? So if we turn off all our lights, Jesus won't come back? The world won't end? Wow. Um, another, another one right now, just, just came trending on Twitter right now, is a heads up, 96 earthquakes in Southern California in the last 20 hours. Um, do you have food? Do you have water? Prepare. Panic. Panic. We're going to die. Get food. Get water. Like, you know, there's all of these voices screaming at us, telling us what to believe, what to buy. You know, advertising. I think I've said this before, but they say we see up to 5,000 advertisements a day. That's um, probably, if you live in the city, there's, you see a lot more because every building has a big billboard on it. The buses that drive past have about six or eight advertisements on them. So, yeah, if we live in this, we probably, here in Red Lake, don't see quite 5,000 advertisements a day. But all of those are telling us something. And if we're not intentional about processing, uh, thinking about what they say, we're probably going to believe it. If you see an advertisement and it shows the person being unhappy until they have this thing and then they're happy, you see that over and over. Soon you start to believe that if you have that, that would make you happy too. Um, there's, there are, I checked on Wikipedia, there are 12 social networks, 12 places that you can consume information, 12 places where people can tell you what you should think and what you believe. 12 of them that start with the letter W. There's actually 203 social networks, major social networks. In quotes, this list is not exhaustive, but there are currently 203 major social networks where you can go and be told what you should think, what you should believe, and tell all this what they should be thinking and what they should be believing, should be believing. And um, so, in light of all of that noise around us, all of that telling us what to believe, there's, how many remember a litmus test from high school or grade school maybe? Ever do a litmus test? You got those two little strips of paper, a pink one and a blue one. You dip it in a liquid. If the pink one turns blue, then it was a basic liquid, I think. If the blue one turns pink, then I think it's an acidic liquid. Um, if it doesn't change color, then it's neutral. But it tells you if a, if a liquid is how acidic it is, or if it's acidic or not. God's Word has, an, has a litmus test. It's something that we can compare anything to, and it'll tell us if it's good or not. And that, I want to, going to read that verse. Let's, let's stand for the reading of the Word, just the two verses here, but Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. If you have a Bible, turn there. If not, uh, listen to this verse. Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says, this is the litmus test God gives us. This is what we can, can compare anything to, and find out what it is. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, and you can be seated. Um, so there, right there is the litmus test. You know, instead of grabbing these ideas and dunking them in a liquid, we compare them to this right here. Is it true? I have a, a handout here for you. You can take this home and stick it on your fridge or somewhere, stick it in your Bible, look at it every day, or whenever you have a question about something, um, use this to compare it. Can someone come hand these out? Thank you very much. 
You're a very willing volunteer. <laughs> can you give everyone one? Or make sh- I think there's probably enough for everyone to have one. At least every household can have one for sure. But um. The first test says, is it true? Um, now, truth, the definition of truth used in this context means not concealing. It doesn't hide the, what is the absolute truth, the real truth. Um, there are a lot of things that are true, and I've, I've used this one before, uh, this example before, of things that are true but not absolute truth, or things that were truth but aren't anymore. The one is the simple thing of Pluto being a planet. You know, ever see those t-shirts? When I was a kid, Pluto was a planet. Um, you know, when I went to school, I learned there were nine planets. You know, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, all the way out to Pluto. And so when my teacher told me that Pluto was a planet, she was telling the truth. She honestly believed it was. And it was considered a planet. Now they're telling us Pluto's not a planet anymore. Now, is Pluto doing anything different than it's been doing for the last 6,000 years now that we decided it's not a planet? Absolutely not. It's still out there spinning in circles, going around the sun. It's doing what it's done for thousands of years. But the statement, Pluto is a planet, was true then, but it's not absolute truth. It's not outside of the natural world as we know it. Absolute truths will always be true, uh, and they are not affected by the natural world, by the laws of physics, by the, the world that we live in. Some of those absolute truths are that God is good. If anything, if any idea, anything you read, anything you hear, whether it's a, a movie you watch or a song you listen to or a blog you read, if it hints that maybe God is good some of the time but not all of the time, that is not true. So on this here first question, is it true? If, you go, if it says no, you go right over to don't think about this. You know, don't, don't put that in your mind. That's not true. You don't need that. If, it's, if you get a yes, then you drop down to the next one. Is it honorable? Honorable simply means worthy of honor. Uh, God says in Psalms chapter 8, verse 4, he says, you have crowned us, talk about mankind, you have crowned him with glory and honor. Um, one very big question, in the, especially in the music culture, is does it speak honorably of humans, especially women? We live in a a culture where it's cool and it's acceptable to use very um, derogatory language towards women. Um, that's acceptable. Or older people. Older people are, it's okay, it's okay in our culture to be derogatory towards them. But um, those things automatically fail as an honorable test because it's not speaking honorably of the people God created. Um, you know, God says, esteem others better than ourselves. So, look at that. Does it, does a statement, does a song, whatever, does it speak honorably of others? Does it make you esteem others better than yourself or not? Um, then if it passes that one, we drop down to the next one. Is it just? Just simply means righteous or doing right. It means not doing wrong. It means treating others right. Um, obeying the law, especially God's law. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus saying, Jesus told them, the law you had before, the Old Testament, was outward. It said, don't kill someone, don't, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But Jesus says, you know, he's bringing, he's taking this further by making it not the outward things, but the inward things. It's a law of the heart. The Old Testament, the 
Ten Commandments was a law of the outward things. It was a law of the things you could see and do. But Jesus takes it a little further. He makes it a law of the inward things. He makes it a law of the heart. Uh, Jesus' law says hate is murder. He says lust is adultery. Even though those aren't outward things, they're inward things, Jesus' law takes it, takes it into what's really inside. And um, so comparing this to the litmus test of justice, is it just, is it right? Um, does it obey the law of the heart that Jesus brings, that Jesus gives to us? If it does, drop down to the next one, is it pure? Pure simply means innocent or modest in this um, in the definition, the way it's used here. Pure simply means not having a fault. It also means, it says it may be honorable or, yeah, something may be, maybe it passes all the tests. Maybe something is true. It doesn't defy the ultimate truths of who God is, of, of what he says about us. Maybe it's not dishonorable. Maybe it's even right. But is it pure is the next, next question you ask about it. Okay, is it, yeah, if it passes all those other litmus tests, you know, in, in high school they gave, us, they gave us two papers, two tests to compare a liquid to. Here God gives us this whole list. If it passes all the others, um, is it pure? Is it faultless? Or is there something in it that maybe not be totally untrue, maybe not dishonorable, but is it free from fault? Is it free from, from criticism? And if it is, then is it lovely? Lovely simply means acceptable or pleasing. It means it's nice, it's good. Lo- I mean, we understand what lovely is. You know, God's created world was lovely. There was no unloveliness in it. There was, there was nothing wrong with it. Everything in it was good until sin came in. So all unloveliness comes from sin. You know, we love... We as people, we usually... We, we, really, lo- we really like art. We appreciate a nice painting or, a, or art as in music or whatever, or even, a, even structures can be art. You see a nice building that's um, just decorated nicely. Uh, we, we like that. And that is because God placed in us a desire for, to see loveliness and to experience things that are, that are lovely. But um, because of sin, unloveliness came into, came into our world. And I don't have to tell you, you already know that the media culture, the, the voices around us that are telling us, um, whether it's movies, whether it's the 6 o'clock news or whatever it is, they are more likely to tell us the unloveliness that's going on in our world than the lovely things. They're more likely to, to tell us the trash that's out there. You know, when, if, I, if I stab somebody, kill them, and one of you people goes to take a meal to the homeless shelter... I'm going to get on the news and you're not. <laughs> the media is going to feed us the most unlovely things that are out there because we'll buy it. <laughs> they want that, that shock value. Um, so what we need to do is be intentional about looking for the things that are lovely and celebrating those things. You know, if you see something that's unlovely, you know, whatever, you notice unloveliness, you hold it up to the, this litmus test and it doesn't pass the test of being lovely, Block that out and be intentional about looking for something that is lovely to think about, something that, that does pass that test. And that whether it's a good song, you know, just stop for a minute and, and listen to that and, 
enjoy the loveliness that God created you to desire, created you to want. Um, next, very next one, if, you know, after the loveliness, is it commendable? Commendable means well-spoken of. And the, one of the easiest ways to, to tell if something is commendable is listen to how other people talk about it. You know, maybe, maybe there's another person that you look up to that you admire, that you think is very wise. Ask them their opinion on this. You know, if they speak well of it, then it is commendable. Or think of it this way, would you recommend it to someone else who is a new believer maybe? If you would say, well, I think it's okay, but I wouldn't recommend it to them, then it doesn't pass the commendable test. If it does, the next one he says is excellent. Excellent means morally good. You know, excellent means, comes from the word excel, which means to do greatly at. If you excel at sports, you're, you're really good at it. If you excel at playing piano, you're really good. People like to listen to you. When I play piano, people do not like to listen to me because I do not excel at piano. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to hear me. <laughs> but um, so I don't excel. My playing is not excellent. Excellent just means very good, better than what is normal, better than average. So that's the next test. Is it excellent? Does it, is, is the value in this better than the value of, of, other th- of most things? And then is it praiseworthy? Is it something that, the, the very last one there, is it worthy of being praised? Is it what people, that's very similar to the commendable. Um, actually, I think the last three there, commendable, excellent, and praiseworthy, are all very similar. But, you know, in the Word of God, when he says something three times, it's because he really means it. God often, he wants us to take, he means everything he says, but if he says it three times, in the culture when, when this stuff, when the Word of God was written, when something was repeated the third time, it meant stop, take notice of this, like really check this out. And these three are basically three different ways of saying a very similar thing. Praiseworthy, is it something that is talked well about? Is it something that uh, others you know, maybe stronger Christians really approve of or talk well about? Is it something you talk well of to others? So you look at this test, you know, all these litmus tests, and if you get down to the very bottom one and you still get a yes, then it takes you over to think about this. And, you know, the very last verse there, I read verse 9, says, and the God of peace will be with you. you know, peace is something that we hear a lot about in our world because there's a lot of violence in the world. There's a lot of lack of peace. And we, a lot of people say they want peace, but what they're looking for is a lack of stress, a lack of violence. That's not the kind of peace that Jesus will give us. The peace that Jesus gives us is peace in our heart in the middle of, those, of the craziness that's going on around us. Jesus said, you know, my, another verse, he said, my peace I give you, not like the world gives. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. That's in John 14, because he said, don't let your heart be troubled, because he knew there's a lot of troubling stuff in our world. And although we now live in the most peaceful time in history, but we hear of the violence, you know, when there's a war in Syria, we hear about it. A thousand years ago, they had no idea what was going on there. When there's a war in Turkey, when there's unrest, when there's in Ukraine, right now they there's war and fighting. Russia is trying to steal part or has stolen part of the Ukraine, and they're saying it's not legal, all this stuff. A thousand years ago, even a hundred years ago, we had very little idea what's going on, but now we hear about that, so we think we're living in a very violent time. Even though it is the most peaceful time, 
as far as the amount of violence that's going on in our world, we, we hear a lot more of it, and it, Jesus knew that was going to happen. That's why he said, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, there's going to be troubling stuff. You're going to hear all of this stuff. There's, people are going to be telling you to panic. There's earthquakes. They're saying they think California might fall off the U.S. into the ocean, and you know, we need to panic and store up food and stuff. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. They were saying, panic, panic. Jesus is saying, this stuff's going to happen, but I'm giving you a peace that you can get up every morning and face this stuff and be calm knowing that he is in control. You know, the, all of the media, the people telling us to panic, all of the, the trash that is there, that doesn't have authority over your heart. Jesus does. Those things will only control us if we allow them to. But when we compare this test in, in Philippians 4.8, when we go through this, and if we can't get to the bottom without checking it off, then we need to put it up there that don't think about it and be intentional about finding something that, that does pass all of these to fill our hearts with. So that's just that's the encouragement I have for you today. So you know, take these home, stick it in your fridge or maybe somewhere on your mirror or somewhere where you'll see it every day and kind of think about this for, for this week especially. When you hear something, when you hear people saying something is good, something is bad, something is caused to freak out and panic, just go over this list and say, is this something that I should be filling my mind with or is it something that I should be setting aside? You know, we can't completely remove the negative influences. There's people that have tried it. <laughs> Trust me, I know there's people that have tried it. They've tried to remove everything that could be negative, every negative influence, and it's not possible. There's still there's negative things going to come. You know, trying to be in a situation where you'll never be confronted with any of these things that don't pass the test is not the answer. The answer is to be intentional about uh, taking a thought or an idea and looking at this and then saying, no, I'm just going to push that aside and not worry about it. It's not in my mind. Or, yes, it passes this. I'm going to dwell on this. I'm going to think about this. So that's, that's the encouragement I have for you today. Let's just pause for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you that you are the ultimate truth. You are, you are all of these things in Philippians 4.8. You, you said you are the way, the truth, and the life. Um, you, you are the source of, of all good because you are good, God. And I pray that, especially this week, as we go from here out into the world and we are confronted with a lot of voices telling us what to believe, telling us what to think, telling us what will make us happy, what won't, um, that we would remember these two verses you gave us right here that tell us the things that you want us to think on and the things that you want us to delete and move on from. So thank you for your word. Thank you for your life. And yeah, we bless your name this morning, Lord, and ask that you would go with us as we go from here and help us to Walk faithfully with you, Lord. We ask all this in your name. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. And you're dismissed.